Welcome to Library Media Chatter, the podcast that can't wait to see all the pictures of students in chatterboxes dressed like their favorite YA characters. And now that we're actually recording, Greg, <laughs> what are you excited about this Halloween? Among other things, uh, let's see here. I'm excited for dog costumes. Those are really big in our household this year. Um, we what have kind of wizard. dog will you be dressing in? <laughs> I, I think it's obvious that I'll be going as... Uh, oh no, it's not obvious. What's the Dalmatian? Oh, the Dalmatian. Yeah, yeah, you do yeah. love uh, fires. Yeah, and staples, old fashioned <laughs> fire engine. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we have a household wizard and a uh, spider sweater. <laughs> so yeah, very very festive. Yeah. Uh, no, we're doing some we're doing some Halloween themed Teen Tober programming. So we've got some scary story writing materials and picture prompts and some other fun stuff like that so are you guys doing anything halloween themed in the library uh we've got a uh a th- i don't remember which one sandy went with this year off the top of my head which is terrible of me to mm. say yeah um, sandy pay is, attention yeah, yeah this is since this is technically our november one that i'm just gonna say i can't remember what we did because yes. it was so good yes um and i, yeah. I we're already moving on to the teenvember <laughs> displays that we're going to be putting up uh but greg really the the thing that the people want to know yeah is this this halloween what is the one candy you wish would be canceled well it's already on its way out i feel i think my mom might be the only person who still buys this candy it is circus peanuts oh they can be found at your local walgreens greg's mom yeah what are you and it can be found in dumpsters everywhere (laughs) i Cannot eat them. Uh, And I don't even think as a child I could eat them. I think that's one of the rare um, candies that I did. Yeah. What about you? Is there one that you would? Um, It's candy corn, which I feel like is the the close cousin of the circus peanuts. Now, see, I love candy corn. I'm, yeah. No, just like a a colorful bit of wax is not really good for candy. Yes. Not, I don't understand. There's there are so many delicious candies. You know how yeah. you know candy corn's not good? Hmm. Because if it was April and somebody said, Hey, I'm gonna go get some candy, <laughs> you would never go, Oh, can you see if they have any candy corn? Well, hold on, hold on. There's also seasonal things like nobody's busting out the eggnog in April either. Yeah, well, eggnog's gross. Again, it's why you know it's not good. You don't like a nice cold egg-based beverage (laughs) on a hot summer day, Dan? I'll be honest. You had me at egg-based beverage. (laughs) As soon as you said, I I made this drink, and one of the main ingredients is egg. Yeah. I got real confused how you put drink and egg in the same spot. It's like those old, like, you know, like old soda shops. You get like an egg cream or whatever. You know, like, yeah, that was really, people were really into that for like... Well, probably millennia who yeah. knows <laughs> nice egg a cooling egg whip yeah. <laughs> it is it's hot outside who's, yeah, got an egg? who's got an egg i i need to cool down <laughs> let's hit the egg. coop yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right this is okay. too much i'm getting grossed out all right let's get right on. to it greg what are you reading oh i am reading What's just finished coop? reading kings of the wild by nicholas eames it's a it's six years old now i i just found out about it but so it's not brand new but it is a fantasy book that i think would be great in libraries it is not ya but it is very like it's totally appropriate for a high school library and it has 
kind of the premise is, you know, in this fantasy world, uh, monsters are some kept at bay by these mercenary bands. And the premise that the author plays with just enough to where you're like, kind of like, yeah, I got it, is like, these are also like rock bands. Like they don't play mercenary they rock no bands? they don't play music but it's like what if so like rock band culture were mapped onto oh so like so the they're big... like the teen idols of the day they're like yes exactly yes. yeah and so but fortunately that is like not the major premise it's just a, it's a great story about kind of these men in middle age who were at the when they were younger the best band right yeah and it's their like reunion tour. Oh, I mean, my it's it's really good. Yeah, it, journey's going getting to... back together. Yes, it is. Yes, it yeah. is. It's very much that. And like being confronted, it's kind of like like being confronted with the younger celebrity bands okay. now, and yeah. like trying to rescue their own. It it's really good. It was a it was All a right. great book, and uh, highly recommended. So. All right. Yeah. So two two thoughts. Yeah. I notice in our doc that it's Kings of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Where it's W Y L D. Yes, yes. For those people that are are listening along and Who, not reading, the for whatever reason, chose not to read the yes. transcript. <laughs> uh, and uh, so, in in your younger years, Greg, yes, uh, picturing your your bedroom with yeah. your uh, new kids on the block posters. Yeah. Uh, who was who who was the one? Who was were you a Joey guy? Were you a, a Donnie guy? Where was your allegiance in the Kings of the Wild, where the new kids come back to? Uh, it would, I, I did not. I this will probably not surprise too many people, but I did not have any posters. It would have been Donnie. Okay. Um, yes. But um, we did have one of my brothers did have a poster of a Branson magician on his wall. So that was wow. a real. Yeah. Right. That probably tells you more than. Do you know which magician? I want to say, let's see here if I can do a quick Google search while we're chatting. Um, while Greg is searching, I will let you know that I probably Brett Michaels. Been... Yeah, Brett, Brett Michaels. Michaels. Yeah, Brett Michaels. The lead so. singer of Poison? Yes, well, he has a second act, you know, kind of. <laughs> As a Branson magician? Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're learning a lot today. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You're uh, I think lot. I would have been a Joey guy. I think in the new kids world, that probably would have been That's my interesting. Poster. That's an interesting yeah. choice. Donnie's too much of a bad boy for me. I don't have that kind of energy. <laughs> Greg, I go for something more wholesome. Yeah. That's just oh, me. Oh, my gosh. All right. That was everything. And I can't believe Brett Michaels had a Branson magic act in the Listen, 90s. I, please don't anyone fact check that because it was a quick Google search. I cannot be held oh, accountable for that information. I'm in. Yeah, Gene Simmons also, uh, right down the road. <laughs> he was doing like a he had a ventriloquist. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. One hundred percent. Did we both he, make the same joke? We did. We were time? we were That's right really there. Sad. <laughs> All right. Well, what I'm reading, Greg, is Yaki Delgado wants to kick your ass. Oh. The graphic novel adaptation. <clears throat> Uh, okay. Adapted by Mel Valentine Vargas from the okay. original by Meg Medina. Hmm. Um, I'd never read the original. So that yeah. was, I knew the title. I'd heard of it. Okay. Um, I remembered it from maybe 2013, okay. I want to say, when that book came out. Um, and it came across my, like, searching for interesting graphic novels uh, yeah. in my year of the graphic novel here. And it was excellent. 
Oh, cool. Uh, I enjoyed the heck out of it. I thought the the art style was really it was not anything overly flashy or distracting or, or yeah. like some of the and good and bad, right? Sometimes they you have a really interesting, weird, odd art style that can really add to what you're doing. And sometimes you get one, you're like, did you understand that there was also a story being told? Like, this has <laughs> nothing to do with anything. Uh, this fit perfectly. Um, I can't imagine the source material being significantly uh, better. Like, okay. I, I, I don't yeah. imagine a reader of the original being like, ugh, this missed the point on X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, I just thought they nailed it. Um, a really nice job. Uh, I've read a couple of adaptations this year in the graphic form. Uh, there's an Everyday, the David Levithan. Oh, book. interesting. Okay. And I love that novel. Yeah. The graphic novel was good. Yeah. But that was one where I'm like, oh, I feel like you missed some opportunities oh, or like this okay. didn't quite. Because it does open itself up to to doing some more with the visual. Um, I yeah. don't know. I, I was. Yeah. I enjoyed it, but I was also a little bit left wanting. Um, and this book, probably because I had no experience with it, I'm like, absolutely nailed it. Yeah. Um, so if you're cool. looking for YA adaptations or you have uh, people that are interested in that in your in your libraries, don't worry that it says ass in the title. <laughs> um, it's a it's a winner for sure. No, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and so that we don't get our asses kicked by right. our sponsors, we need to right. take a quick break <laughs> and please the corporate over overlords of library media chat. This episode is brought to you by the Dewey Decimal number 378.1, which means it's time for the game that puts a turkey in every pot. <laughs> <laughs> Do we know our Dewey? I'm going to name books with call numbers that start 378.1, and Greg is going to guess what that section is all about. Greg, are you ready? I'm ready. I Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Highlights from this Dewey number include Rising Class, How Three First-Generation College Students Conquered Their First Year by Jennifer Miller. Game On, Why College Admission is Rigged and How to Beat the System by Susan F. Paterno. The Price You Pay for College, an entirely new roadmap for the biggest financial decision your family will ever make by Ron Lieber. And Dream Differently, Candid Advice for America's Students by Vince M. Bertram. Greg, what is the theme of this section? I'm going to go with uh, college. Is that... I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to give it to you. I think, like, oh. clearly that's what this is. Oh, no, what is it? According to our friends what? Yeah. at Bridgewater College Library Services, yeah. this is under the heading of Organization and Activities oh. in Higher Education. Oh, that's too, yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that. But for our purposes, it's not like I'm buying books for my libraries on, like, the history of intramural sports at, at universities. Yeah. Yeah. It's maybe not the audience for that. Well, yeah. I'm not Believe sure it. who the audience is, Believe but it's it not, not our students. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we tend to buy, as you can see, books about getting into college and paying for college. And, yeah. Like, that kind of, the beginning of things, not while you're there stuff. So I will give you college. Right? Okay. Like well, that's very generous. I hope I hope Dewey still puts a turkey in every pot after well, hearing that. We'll find out. Well, the chatterboxes <laughs> will let us know if they got a turkey delivered by the Dewey Decimal System. The chatterbox. Yeah. So thank you to Dewey number 378.1 for sponsoring this episode. Love it. 
And now it is time for my favorite section, at least today, of our <laughs> podcast, What Are You Doing? Uh, Dan, tell us, what are you doing in your library? Um, I am beginning to prep research lessons as our English classes and other groups are getting kind of to that point of the year where they're ready to introduce those assignments to their students. Yeah. Uh, and I really want to use this moment as a PSA to any of our classroom teachers that are listening. Um, when bringing your classes to the library or your librarian to the classes for research assignments or any assignment at all, we would very much appreciate it. I, I can use we, I think, as librarians yeah. as a whole. Yeah, the royal we. Yeah. We, <laughs> we would really appreciate it. If you went ahead and introduced that lesson and that assignment and what they were expected to do to the students before they get to us. Um, I love, there's nothing I love more, Greg. It's all I ever talk about, uh, how much I love going through EBSCO yeah. and um, all of the other great databases that we have, opposing viewpoints, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, all, the, all the Gale suite the more net options the that are out there. Sweet. I got all of it, Greg. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when I'm coming into a class or a class is coming to the library and I say, can somebody throw out a topic for what you're researching so we can kind of dig around and let's do yeah. your research for you right now. Let's take yeah. this time for let's you to do your do work. The thing that you, yes. yeah. Instead of me just going, here's generally how you do something. Yeah. Wouldn't it be helpful if you could do your research while you're here and kids go, what research? What are you talking about? We don't have an assignment yet. You go, oh, okay. Well, well let's imagine yeah. your topic was whatever. And they're like, we're talking about um, capital punishment. And they're like, this is a math class. Okay. <laughs> and they're doing okay. a research paper. Yes. I mean, that is, you're doing the Lord's work in that yeah. building. I mean, uh, <laughs> we've got uh, uh, some math teachers that are very, uh, innovative i'm going to use that word correctly mm -hmm. unlike mm -hmm. how we generally use it just as a buzzword yeah um there's a uh, one particular math teacher i work with in one of my buildings who is constantly <laughs> just trying to like how can i change what i'm doing to engage kids how to let them learn math and prove their knowledge of math uh in ways that are not traditional because traditional cool. ways don't work for all students yeah that's cool um so i would not be surprised if at some point he comes in and goes we're doing a research paper we're I just gonna it. try it and see what happens yeah i love it so did you, i just you... I, I would love it if he came in and he would he would come in they know what's going on yeah well yeah i mean as much fun as it is to be equally surprised with the children yes. about what you might be doing yes um that does seem like it would be ideal. Now, are you, here's what, like a hot topic for librarians. Yeah. If there is such a thing. Sure. It's in the zeitgeist. Man, that was part, that's, that has to be the title now. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes, Dan, it's in the zeitgeist. The AI. So do yeah. you, are you talking to classes about that? What's, is it unblocked at your school? What's the so deal here? That has not been uh, from my end of things, from the library side of things, we have not brought that up with classes at this point. Um, I'm, and maybe wrongly so, maybe you're going to tell me that I'm doing it wrong and I, I will follow your lead on this <laughs> as I do in most things in my life. Uh -huh. um, I kind of want to take the teacher's lead on that. When a yeah. teacher says, hey, my classes are 
discussing this or we've kind yeah. of broached this subject. Can you now fill in some gaps or or help them navigate or whatever? Yeah. I <laughs> if teachers aren't necessarily telling their students what the assignment is before they come in. True. Yeah. I feel like me jumping in and going, I'm going to take 15 minutes to talk about AI and kind of how this can yeah. work and why this might help you or why this you this is something you should avoid like depending on yeah kind of what we're talking about i don't want to assume anything that they're wanting me to kind of tackle in that way right um right i don't no, know that's if that's fair. right but that's kind of the the direction that we've taken how about you no uh, well i've been curious and surprised and disappointed so i sent out an email to our teachers who normally do research. So language arts and social studies. And I said, you know, Margaret and I would love to do a lesson with your students on, you know, using AI in their work, right? Whether it's for a research project or just in general. And I got a couple, like out of 40 emails, I think I got two or three replies that were like, sure, but later. Yeah. And I was, I just thought, you know, that's fine. I understand everybody has their own things going on, but it's a little bit of sticking your head in the sand at this point, because yeah. currently it's, uh, I think all of those generative chat bots are blocked for students on campus, okay. but they're certainly not blocked anywhere else. I mean, yeah. like, you know, and it's not like, it's not like this just popped up last week, you know? Sure. Yeah, so yeah. I just, th- I was surprised by that response we're holding a lunch and learn on this topic next week and my guess is no one will come yeah you know yeah do you do you think it's a and you said kind of sticking your head in the sand the like if i don't bring it up to kids they won't somehow they won't know about it and yeah i won't have whatever i'm afraid of with it won't come to fruition because i didn't tell them that this exists so i don't want to put that seed in their head I imagine that's some of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, and I imagine part of it is uh, most teachers love a routine. And so, they, sure. you know, they don't want to change what they did last year because look how well it worked. Yeah. Look at those great essays sure. I got last year. Yeah. Just as good I mean, as the I ones think, the year before. And I think also t- teachers, at least a large number of them, uh, for whatever reason, don't want another adult in that classroom with them. You know, yeah. I, I, which I find bizarre like i when i was a classroom teacher i loved for anyone and anyone to take over students help yourselves (laughs) you know teach each other you know greg was known for just pulling people in off the street (laughs) who wants to teach today we've got some 10 minute mysteries to cover who's in oh i love a 10 minute mystery i don't know (laughs) i don't really know why i guess but i also think like there's a lot of the these sound bites and talking points that I think are junk about how you know chatbots, generative chatbots have exposed kind of how pointless the work is that we're assigning in schools. You know, yeah. like it's kind of revealed that yeah. we're not assigning things that are relevant in the 21st century. And I think that's bunk. I just think yeah. it's totally nonsense. But we're not doing ourselves any favors by pretending it's not happening or by just not addressing it. Yeah. So I don't know. That's yeah. Yeah. No, I it, I think that will definitely be a bigger topic potentially on this podcast moving forward, right? That yeah. when when Once somebody the crosses start that writing line, it, you know, yeah. oh, this I, episode was written by a chatbot. Can you tell? Yeah. Oh, I mean, 
It's being performed by a chat. We fed right it. Now. Yeah. We fed it all 24 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> and it came up with that turkey in every pot line all yeah. on its own. It, it nailed it. It knew where we were going. It knew where we were going. That's why we had the ventriloquist line. <laughs> because it has read both of, all the transcripts. Yeah. It knows where we're going at all times. And all that data on Brett Michaels. That it yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, why we, while we've never really spoken about the band Poison, yeah. I think it's been an underlying uh, in the, in the background. Yeah. As of, it were. Uh, yes. 100% in the, in the zeitgeist <laughs> of this podcast for three years now. That people understand that this is really a Poison Appreciation podcast. That Masquerades is a library podcast. And it, oh it figured gosh. it out in yeah. a way that maybe well, our audience really... has Yeah, That was a bit on the nose, saying it all yeah. like that. But yes. yeah, we'll just have to go We're just it admitting now. it, yeah. Chatterboxes. Yeah. This Chatter is what it boxes. is. Yeah. That's, that's right. what this whole thing became. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, Chatterboxes. We have reached the reader's nook portion of this episode. And today we are discussing We Can Be Heroes by Kyrie McCauley. Um, we have, let me, I'll read the summary and then um, we will hear from Dan, his point of view about this. Oh, well, we'll find out about that. So here's the summary. After a girl is killed by her ex-boyfriend in a school shooting, her two best friends attempt to memorialize her in a town economically dependent on the shooter's family. And Dan, you have you wrote a little note about the summary here. So do you want to start with that and then tell sure. us your thoughts about this book? Yeah, I, that summary uh, leaves out what I thought was maybe the strangest and to me most intriguing part of the story, that it's a book with a literal ghost. Yeah. Um, and really, other than the ghost, that summary is right. Like, it, it's a realistic fiction book, except there's an actual ghost. Um, and somehow... And I wanted I wanted to use that word very very clearly. Somehow this book absolutely worked for me. Okay. Um, I if you would have given me that ahead of time, I would have gone, no, thank you. Yeah. I will just go ahead and not read this book, and I'll pretend like I did. But it was, I don't know. I it hit me the right way. I thought the writing mm -hmm. was interesting. Um, I thought the fact that it took a subject matter that is serious and like mm -hmm. greg and i and i imagine everybody that listens to this pretty much works in a school this is subject matter that really means something to us like school right. violence is not a a thing that we take very lightly in story or anywhere else um and it treated it in a way that was not off-putting to me and i thought the ghost portion actually added a little bit to it uh and made it a more it 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 made it more than the sum of its parts. Um, yeah. It felt like it really brought everything together in a way that I found. Uh, I don't want to say fun because that's the book is not a fun read, but it felt I didn't feel down when I was reading the book. I wasn't so kind of yeah. worn down by it. Yeah. Um, she had a book. Was it last year? Yeah. In the Gateways or two years ago? It, I think it was um, last year. If these wings could fly. Yeah. And that book did not hit me the right way um the the kind of supernatural element in that book didn't work for me yeah same. um and it, it pulled me out of it at times and that was also yeah. it was a book about a serious subject um that was something that adding this other element maybe could have done more with 
and it just didn't work for me at all. So I was honestly not like dying to read this one. Yeah. Um, but I think we talked last year about was Gracier last year or two years ago, whenever I think Gracier might have been two years ago. Yeah. So and that was a book that I loved mm-hmm. and it followed up her previous book that was also a gateway that I did yeah. not like. What was so, that one? I was just trying to remember. Um, was, was the, that unfortunate? the Unfortunate? Yeah. 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 So like that book didn't hit me the right way. And then Gracier yeah. came along and, and got me. That was the same one with this one. Um, yeah. It's a multi-perspective story. Yeah. You've got these two friends who aren't really friends with each other. Right. They were friends with the victim, right. um, with the ghost. And they're <laughs> both kind of trying to pursue um, I don't know what, what's the right word here. What are they trying? They're trying to get some closure. Yeah. Some justice. I was going to say justice, but closure is also true. Yeah. Uh, in, in what happened yeah. in their own ways, they kind of have their own style of going about things and they end up coming together. Um, and, and the ghost is a part of kind of keeping them together and letting them see, um, life beyond this tragedy that occurred. Right. Um, I don't, and it, I, I mean, it, it deals with the way that we ignore gun violence, or the way that right. we talk about gun violence is like, well, is that really how we talk about things? And it it dealt with the way that we deal with uh, people of privilege who commit crimes, mm-hmm. and the way that we talk about those people. It shouldn't have worked. Like I honestly, like all of the elements put together should have bumped with me kind of the wrong way. Yeah, and I don't know. It just it worked for me. I thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was really good. It was one of my favorite ones of this year. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It, it's not not my absolute favorite and not yeah. in the uh, the book that we talked about last month that uh, you were, you kind of I put really on liked. your, your yeah. a pedestal up there. It's not quite at that level, like overall. Right. But it just really, it, it's a very unique reading experience. I thought yeah. it was, I thought it was quite good. What did you think? Yeah. Well, I think you gave a great description of it. Um, I think, there are so many things I like in this book, right? I liked what I felt was a very realistic kind of problem set up for the story, right? Of, you know, the wealth and privilege, mm-hmm. the role it plays not only on the shoot in the shooter's life, but in kind of the influence across the town, mm-hmm. right? The law enforcement. Um, I like that they were kind of two friends who hadn't, they weren't connected to each other necessarily yes. directly, you know, I, I will say that for me, and and If These Wings Could Fly was also not my book. It was not a book for me. This was not a book for me. It it was too much. And I've talked before about my, my weird quotient. And this one, as you pointed out, it has a lot of topics that it's trying to address. Yeah. Right. Um, and on top of those topics, it has a lot of like what I'm, what felt to me like gimmicks, the podcast, the murals, yes. the ghosts. Yeah. And I just... Any one of those would have been an interesting story to tell. Sure. But all of them together were too much for me. Okay. Um, so I did like it better than If These Wings Could Fly. And I enjoyed it. It was fine. I mean, it was fine. I just wouldn't say I liked it, I guess. Sure. Yeah. No, so. and you're not wrong. Like, it, it is... It is too many things. <laughs> it's, a, it's just so much. And, like... Yes. And it would have been so much even just dealing with all those social issues right like that would have been a really complex and powerful book but like the murals and the ghosts and the podcast and then there's like a 911 transcript in there and like yeah 
I don't know. It just was a lot for me. And I was, I will admit that I was predisposed not to like it because of the cover and because of the last <laughs> book. I'm serious. Like yeah, the cover yeah, yeah. is, a, I think the cover does a huge disservice to this book because yes. it looks like either a sci-fi story or a fantasy story. Yes. And it's not either of those things. Yeah. But it could have been, I guess. Yeah. Like Kim Liggett did with Grace Year. Mm-hmm. Following up a book that I wasn't really a fan of with a book that I, I quite enjoyed. Yeah. It makes me want to read whatever her next book is. Like, I am very okay. interested because it's not like If These Wings Could Fly had significantly more or fewer elements, right? right. Like, that was also a book that had probably too much going on. Right. And that was what bumped me in some ways. Right. And this book also had too much going yeah. on. And for some reason it clicked. Yeah. So after that first one, I was like, oh, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not super excited about what she's doing next. And right. then this one came out. I'm like, okay, never mind. Maybe this oh, is cool. something that I want to read more of. Yeah. Where that was the the Kim Liggett thing, where the the first one of those I was not in on. Yeah. I'm like, Gracier, this book's like three times longer. Oh, it was I, long. This is not yeah. going to be in for me. And then I read yeah. it and went, okay, well, what else is she going to do? Because oh, cool. in the same way, like, it's not like she did something drastically her style didn't totally change. It was yeah. just whatever it was about it clicked the second time. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. That's great. Um, that's, that's I'm not really sure cool. who you're recommending this book to, like if it's a <clears throat> yeah. realistic fiction or, or like ghosts. Yeah. Shooters, it seems like, like that's not... kind of more and more popular these days is to have a yeah. story that's essentially realistic and then to have a ghost. And I put them in realistic fiction, yeah. even though yeah, they're ghosts, because I yep. just don't know what to do with them. And I also, it's like... It's a Casperization of YA. Yeah, That's what you're saying? Yes. yes. Well, it's a, and like, I feel like it wants to be a type of magical realism yes. or something in that vein. And um, it's, it, it's I, an yeah. interesting, yeah, that you said magical realism, because I felt that way in the first one, in yeah. If These Wings Could Fly. Very, more so in that one. Yes. Yeah. But it is that, like, if you took out x mm-hmm. this is now just an, an interesting story about whatever and it wouldn't have yeah. it wouldn't occur to you to say magical realism right if it was somebody who was just having like one of the characters was just having like a delusions of this right. person, like having convert or like a dear martin i'm writing a letter to my friend right instead of actually having conversations in the van with this person right you would just go oh yeah that's this is a totally normal kind of thing right yeah i don't know yeah um but if you have any thoughts on this book or anything we've talked about so far during this episode, be sure to send us an email to librarymediachatter at gmail.com. And for those of you playing along at home, next month in the Nook, we'll be discussing Fade Away by E.B. Vickers, another one of this year's Gateway nominees. We're going to take a quick break and then come back to wrap things up. This episode of Library Media Chatter is brought to you by Obscure Library Adjacent Holidays. <laughs> We all know about Banned Books Week, National School Librarian Day, and NaNoWriMo, but what about those lesser-known holidays you could be celebrating soon? Like Manga Day, celebrated November 3rd in Japan and March 15th in the U.S. High Five a Librarian Day, a.k.a. There's Not Enough Germex in the World Day, November 18th, Read in the Bathtub Day, February 9th, <laughs> or Clean Out Your Bookcase Day when all libraries close for mass collection weeding on February 20th. Make every week a spirit week with obscure library-adjacent <laughs> holidays. 
Welcome back to the podcast. We have just enough time for What's Next, where we highlight a new book we're excited about but have not yet read. Greg, what's next? Uh, what's next for me is Ain't Burned All the Bright by Jason Reynolds. This is a dogwood, and uh, I think you've already read it, right? I have, yes. And you liked it. I did. And I was excited about it when I saw it referred to as a YA picture book, which yeah. I said is a genre we need more of. But it's beautiful. Like, I've, I went, kind of flipped through it when I cataloged it. It's a beautiful book. Um, it's a dogwood, as I said. And I am just excited to read it. I'm a Jason Reynolds fan as well, so I'm, you know... Excited to read that one. Yeah, I think you're going to like it quite a bit. All right. And with that, remember, read responsibly, use a bookmark.